Hey, good afternoon and welcome to SWAT Radio. It is Friday, October 23rd. Hard to believe we're almost at the end of October of 2020. I know a lot of you people out there are ready for the 2020 year to be over and us to be in 2021. But I'm glad you're joining us today. Hopefully, it'll be an encouraging day for you. SWAT Radio is a a kind of an extension of the SWAT Bible Studies just had the last one for the week here, Friday morning down in St. Augustine. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth, and that's a double entendre there. Both It's the truth of God's Word, but it's the truth being Jesus himself. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So I'm glad you joined us today, and we're about practical and relevant truth. Uh, if Unless you were on another planet, you know there was a debate last night and uh, uh, former uh, Vice President Biden and President Trump um, got together and they uh, had a, a, a what I would call a, a fairly cordial debate. I mean, it, it wasn't too outlandish. I know they changed the rules a little bit, uh, but it was good. It was good to watch. There were some things that came out in the debate I think that we need to think about and contemplate as believers. Of course, if you've been listening for the last three weeks we've had wayne grudem on dr grudem we've had dr moeller on yesterday and had tommy nelson last week all talking about voting a platform and uh, this past week i had an opportunity to uh connect and i I, it wasn't the first meeting but i met this gentleman uh really through the through an internet business transaction more or less you know like craigslist you go in there and you look for things you're looking for something and and we connected, and I start talking to him and find out, first of all, he's a believer. And not only is he a believer, he's a believer from the former Soviet Union. I have a great love for the former Soviet Union. And before you just jump all over me for saying that, because that's almost been made to seem like a bad thing. Like like the people, listen, I, I traveled to Russia from 1994 until 2008, and I took teams of people to take Bibles over to the people. And, you know, I trained for years as a pilot in the military and as an FBI agent to think that Russia was my enemy and to defend this country against them. I swore to lay my life down against them. And when I got over there taking Bibles instead of bullets, taking Bibles instead of bombs, I realized that the people of Russia were victims a lot of them of a corrupt government system they really were and the people there were beautiful people who had many of them their believers spread out all over russia and they had experienced a lot of persecution and uh when i met uh, eugene on monday and if you're in russia you would call him yevgeny but when i met eugene on monday and i by the way i love that eugene i love I love to say I love the Russian language. It's a very beautiful language, and I I I wanted him to come on today and share with you one what happened to him and his family over there, how they got to America, some interesting stories about his grandfather, 
and his perspective on life here in America, because I think for a lot of people, you know, I would love to take everybody who's under the age of 40 and take them to a place like Russia or China or North Korea and let you live for four to five months, probably wouldn't even take that long, just a couple of months to see the difference between the freedom that's here and what happens when you have a corrupt government system in place and they take away your freedom. So Yevgeny, Eugene, welcome to SWAT Radio. Thanks for having me, Doug. Yeah, I, I really appreciate you making time to come in here. So Eugene, you came over here uh you said back around 1990 and um and when you came to america you're i mean you weren't that old right how old were you when your parents came uh i was three years old so you were three years old but you got to hear stories of your parents and your grandparents i'm sure they had many times they talked to you about life here versus life there what it was like. Uh, I don't remember life as a three-year-old for me, but you were sharing with me a story about your grandfather, Valentine, who was born back in the late 20s. And I want you to share a little bit about his life. He was born in Chita, which where you said was over in kind of the Siberian part of Russia. And what kind, what was life like for him back in his days based upon what your parents have told you? Yeah, um, Again, uh, my parents, I, I kind of just went through with them a little bit and got some of the details. Uh, yeah, my grandpa was born in uh, 1928. Uh, so, you know, history that's right after the Soviets kind of took over and um, relinquished the, the white forces, the white army um, that were loyal to the king. And um, he was uh, he was born near the um, kind of Mongolian-Soviet border. Um, it was a tiny little city called Zuzia. And um, when he was three years old, the Soviet government um, ended up taking all of uh, all of his family and all of his uh, relatives and pretty much everyone in that living in that town, and ended up sending them into a gulag in Siberia. Um, so, which is not like a prison here in America, is it? No, it's not. And uh, you know, again, I talked to my parents just to kind of refresh my memory a little bit. And uh, it was it was really crazy because um, he came. They they sent him off. I think it was the late fall or sorry, early fall, late summer of 1931. Um, so again, this is this is right when Stalin took over, and you know the 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 political and the religious persecution kind of really became um, you know spread out across Russia and all the way into Siberia. Of course, they started with the, the Moscow area, the Saint Petersburg area, and then eventually they kind of spread out. So, um, so in 1931, the fall, everyone's pretty much told, Hey, you have 50 kilograms of, of stuff that you can bring with you. Um, so that's about a hundred pounds for you people, in Russia, a little over a hundred pounds, yeah. <laughs> hundred pounds per person. They didn't tell them where they were going. Um, again, you know, some people, some girls, you know, brought their wedding dresses and you know, knickknacks, uh, you know, the people that or kind of expecting something nefarious to happen. You know, they brought axes and hammers. So, again, can I just back you up just yeah. a second? So I, I just want to recap. It, it was about, it was in 1922 that the Soviet Union came into power. Yes. That's six years before your grandfather was born. So he was a young child. Mm -hmm. He's growing up in this. 
And the government at that time, at the time that he was old enough to be told to go anywhere, they had already established control. It was a socialist state, right? Exactly. Yeah. And and, and, and so as a socialist state, it was a one-party state governed by the Communist Party. And, and I just want to remind people that there is benefits to having a, you know, uh, a multi-party system. It's great to have a Democratic Party and a Republican Party. We don't want, listen, I'm not for just a Republican Party. Because if you just have one party, then it tends to do what they did and explained again what they did. They told them just to go. They told them how much they could take. Right. Mm-hmm. And they told them where they were going. Yeah. And actually didn't tell them where they were going. I mean, but what I'm saying is they directed them. Your your grandfather didn't have a choice, did he? Exactly. Yeah. They they essentially uh, there, you know, it was Siberia. So you can imagine, was, you know, everyone knows it's cold. Uh, so they took him on a barge. So they loaded everyone on a barge. They didn't tell them where they were going. And then they just floated him up, up the river further into the north, the further into the colder parts of Siberia. Um by the time the summer came or the spring came, they came back because the the yeah. river has frozen during the winter time and 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 unthawed, and uh, half half the people that they took were were dead. They died. Um, yeah. That included, I think, my grandpa's younger brother, who was one at the time, and then his father, or sorry, his mother died as well. So by the by that spring, he had lost probably a third of his family at that time. And did the, did they care? Did the government care? The government didn't care. <laughs> no, they didn't care. They just. Yeah. They were. They did not look at the people as having individual value in life. They were a means to an end for them, weren't they? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and so, just real quick, I, and I hate to interrupt you, but I want to yeah. ask your perspective. So, when you're mandated to wear a mask, does that remind you of anything? It, it does, yeah. And you know, I, I've always, you know, ever since this thing started, I've I've been anti-mask. And I think even when we first met, I wasn't wearing a mask. No, I know, but that's what led me to talk to you. We were talking about this, and a lot of people here have never lived in an oppressive state. They don't really understand how quickly it can spiral out of control to where you have no voice of anything. Yeah. And people call you conspiracy theorists and all this. But does your parents, are they having flashbacks at all? Do they? Does it cause them pause and concern, even as believers, Everything does it make them think of what happened over there? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and, it, and it's really sad because you know we we came here, um, we came here as religious refugees. So we came here because the United States is I hate to say it's supposed to be, but it really is still a bastion of freedom and especially a bastion of religious freedom. And that's why we came here. Um, you know, in the Soviet Union, uh, practicing religion was illegal. Um, eventually, uh, you know, after my grandpa survived his ordeal, he became an underground pastor and having a Bible was, was, was like having a type one narcotic here in the United States. It was the same charge. It was, it was a prison term. Um, in fact, one of my uncles, uh, my, one of my dad's older brothers, he actually went to jail for four years for refusing to take the oath once he got into the army because there was a mandatory draft. So he was actually in jail for four years for being Christian and many other, um, Many other people living in the Soviet Union had the same, you know, had 10-year prison sentences and, and so on. So it was against the law, really, to have a Bible. It was. And, and certainly to preach. Well, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about your grandfather's conversion. Hey, you're listening to uh, me talk to Eugene. 
uh, born in the former Soviet Union. We're going to be talking about more about this when we come back on SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. SWAT Radio, and I'm so happy to have uh, Eugene here today. Eugene, just so I don't butcher your last name, is it Putinsev? Yeah. Did that, I say it right? That's a, that's a, that's a good uh, English uh, way. Of, yeah. Okay, yeah. let me hear you say it. And, Putinsev. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't put the emphasis on Putin. Putinsev. Is yeah, that better? That's good. Okay, good. Eugene Putinsev, um, my brother in Christ from the former Soviet Union is here, and... Um, you know, I, I just want to ask you, before we get into your grandfather, when you watch the news here and you hear all this stuff about Russia, and, and I mean, I know you know it's a corrupt system from the top down, but the people over there aren't corrupt. There's a lot of godly men and women who have suffered persecution I'm just curious, what do you and your family talk about when you see our news? I mean, when you see it's your news, but I mean, from coming from that perspective, when you hear it breaks my heart, I'm just curious to know what you think as y'all watch it. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, obviously watching the news, I mean, you, you see a particular political party, especially uh, using Russia as kind of a boogeyman for any some any sort of issues in this, this country's having, whether, you know, like right now it's election meddling yeah. or yeah. or whatever the case may be. Um, I mean, personally, I, I kind of consider myself a little bit more Ukrainian, yeah. um, because 
my my mom is fully Ukrainian, my dad is fully Ukrainian. But just like you're saying, I mean, there's there's good people everywhere, um, even in corrupt, um, you know, even the governments are you know corrupt. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of Christian people in Russia, a lot of believers in Russia, um, and unfortunately, they're under the rule of a very corrupt government, just like in many other places in the world. Yeah, but there's churches all over there and the Ukraine. Yes. People, uh, a lot of people here in the U.S. don't even realize even some of the political things going on in Estonia, I mean, uh, Turkmenistan, Tajikistan, all the countries that splintered after the Soviet Union collapsed. But before it collapsed is when your parents were there. And it was a one-party state that covered all these other countries now that have since come out. And your grandfather, you told me, was in a prison. He was in prison for six years, right? Yeah, he, he was in prison for six years. And why did he go to prison? Yeah, so... <laughs> I know they framed him, but why did they literally put him... What was the reason they put him in prison? Yeah, so the reason they put him in prison is uh, he, as an orphan, you know, eventually his parents died by the time he was five um, in the gulags. Uh when when he you know as he as he progressed through school he was a great student um you know really took his education seriously when he got to college he started you know seeing things and in, in the soviet system um you know well back up just a little bit now yeah. you told me uh, i think earlier right uh, that he was an atheist because of the schooling that he received absolutely yeah because it brainwashed him yeah, uh, there, 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 there was no other. I mean, I mean, I guess that's there was no other option in the Soviet Union. The the school system, the government. Um, you know, you know, we we have we have a, a theory called you know the separation of church and state here in the United States. There was no separation of church and state because there was no church. Yeah, um, it was not allowed. Um, I mean, they you know they they did leave some churches. I mean, you see, you know, the, the, the ones in Moscow and kind of the the pictures. You see the some of the big churches with the golden domes, but most churches were destroyed. Um, and he grew up as an atheist, and um, it eventually became a little bit. Um, um, he just started questioning the system. He started writing anti-Soviet poetry. Eventually, got a knock on the door one day from a KGB agent. Um, they said, "Hey, you know, we we have some information. Um, you know, we, we you know, essentially they framed him for attempted murder. Um, you didn't have a lawyer back in the Soviet Union." You didn't have so, a choice. You didn't have a choice, and so they just sent him away. They sent him away. Yeah, there's no, there, there, there was no such thing as a fair trial because there, there, you, you don't, you can't get representation like that. So yeah, they sent him away uh, to uh, a, um, a prison in Siberia. Um, he was there for six years. Um, I'm not exactly sure when he uh, he, he has a he, he had a one interesting prison story that, I, that I'm very familiar with, and that involved essentially witnessing a murder and not snitching or, or telling yeah. <laughs> telling the guards when they got there and that ended up giving him protection and, and ended up you know helping him through his stay there because as you can imagine it's very dangerous in those very lives. dangerous yeah. yeah very dangerous so the this, the second thing the, the second monumental thing that happened to, happened to him is the fact that he um through an, another man that was in prison through a fellow prisoner he got introduced to jesus and um you know, he, he was, it, it was, uh, you know, it's, it's a little bit different in this, in the Russia and in, in the, the, the terminology, but he was Pentecostal. Uh, so he, he got reintroduced into the Pentecostal face. Yeah. And, and what he, what, uh, Eugene means by it's different is 
Uh, Russian Pentecostal is different from American Pentecostal. Yes. Uh, in, in in practice and in in, in in different theology, uh, the Pentecostals over there uh, and the Baptist in Russia are not as different as the Pentecostals and Baptists here. I exactly. mean, just denominationally. But but uh, the bottom line is he met Jesus like Alexander Solzhenitsyn, yeah. who was in prison and said, bless you, prison, for being in my life, because it was through prison that God brought your grandfather to Christ, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and through that, um, you know, uh, eventually married my grandmother, and I can— I guess I'll go into a little bit of detail on that yeah, yeah. interesting well, story. Well, well, it is interesting. You yeah. said that they became, they started off as pen pals. Yeah. And, and he never met her, Schreitner, and they were 4,000 miles apart yeah. as part of some program to just connect people. Yeah. Right? And so so it, it was right after World War II. So you can imagine, I mean, uh, Russia, I think, lost something like 20 million civilians and 20 million military mem- uh, military service members. So there was a huge disparity disparity between men and women. So any man was a was a valuable man for for an eligible woman looking to get married. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how the, who started the program, but I'm pretty sure it was it was government. Um, it was a government program. So they were writing each other for about a year, trading pictures and and uh, and, and writing each other. Uh, eventually, my grandma, who was living in um, Ukraine, which was uh, again it was it was, it was part, of the, part of the Soviet Union, Union then, still yeah. part of the Soviet Union. Uh, she ended up making a one month long journey through it was 4000 miles and you can imagine going into Siberia to to meet a man that you've never met who's uh at this point has transferred over from the prison to a penal colony um so just to stop for a second yeah. i want you guys out there in the radio world to think about this your daughter comes to you and says hey dad i'm writing this guy who's in prison and i'm thinking i want to go meet him how many of you going to step up and and say okay, I mean, think about that. But he's a believer. Now, was she a believer at that time? She was, yeah. So so they are believers. Mm-hmm. God brings them together. Now he almost died several times in the prison, but God spared him. You would not be here today, and would not be a believer today had God not done this work in his life. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, when when she finally made her way there. He had just gone through a, a big, uh, a pretty serious bout of tuberculosis, and you, you can imagine tuberculosis in the late forties in Siberia in a penal colony yeah. <laughs> is a lot different from you know tuberculosis here, which yeah. is still can it's, be fatal. It's still bad, but there it's often ninety percent fatal or, or higher. Absolutely. So you know, it, it was it's always kind of a funny story when my parents tell it to me, but they always tell me that you know. They didn't. She didn't. She didn't think that he looked like he did in his pictures that he <laughs> sent her, and and he didn't feel like the same way. Uh, but again, it, it was just a different time where there was a scarcity of eligible bachelors, <laughs> and uh, they ended up getting married, and and they actually stayed there for um, an, either an, either another year or two because I think he had to finish his time there in the penal colony. And uh, the thing about the Soviet Union is um, they, they actually had an internal passport system. So we have passports when you want to travel the country, but in the Soviet Union, you had an internal passport system. So you couldn't just leave someplace. So um, especially for, um, for like people in, the, in villages, especially people like that were ex-felons or people living in penal colonies, it wasn't very easy to leave. Yeah. It, 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 took, it took a lot of administrative effort to, to make that happen. And, and so they ended up getting together and then – your your dad Mikhail um, 
was a believer right because he, he was raised in this home and your grandfather taught him about Jesus he became a believer and then he meets your mom mm-hmm. and um he meets your mom Ekaterina they come to Christ and they're in the former Soviet Union back in the 80s and what was life like for them in the 80s in the former Soviet Union yeah uh i mean by the 80s um, Gorbachev, um, he had a couple, um, Hlasnost and Perestroika, which was the, uh, you know, rough. starting to open up a little bit, but it was still pretty tightly controlled, right? pretty tightly. Yeah. Um, it, it was, it was really funny cause my, my, my dad tells me, always tells me stories about, um, their churches, like their church services. And, and here, you know, we have the, the luxury and the pleasure of being able to go to church or sometimes not go to church on Sunday or, or whatever day. Back in the Soviet Union, in order for them to have church, they either had to have a wedding or a funeral. <laughs> yeah. So that was the only time that the government allowed that many people to get together, especially Christians, to get together um, and worship Jesus. Uh, and then the 80s, things were relaxed, but um, my dad had a dream, and uh, this is, I think it was like 1988, and he had a dream uh, where he, you know, he just, he felt that everything was going to fall apart. Mm-hmm. Um, so he started calling all his brothers and sisters and parents. Um, he had a, he had a brother that, uh, lived in Latvia. He had most of his, most of his, uh, family lived in kind of spread out a little bit in Ukraine. Uh, but he convinced his whole family to uproot their lives. Um, many of them had fairly comfortable lives by, by then they were pretty established. They had kids. Uh, and he convinced everyone to emigrate to the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is 1990 or sorry, this is 1989. Um, and, uh, we were brought with the Lutheran services, which I, I think is still engaged in. Um, They're still helping people. But in 1989 is when basically the Cold War ended. That's when it came down. It was later that year. Yes. Uh, and, um, you know, when we come back, you know, we're going to come back from the break. And I want to talk a little bit about, you know, the difference between, um, I don't know if your parents talk about it, the faith lived out there versus the faith lived out here. Uh, you're listening to my brother, Eugene. Say it again. Potensive. Potensive. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta get that pronunciation down. Eugene Potensive. Potensive. And I'm very glad he's joined us today. He's kind of sharing a little bit, and I wanted him to come on because I think it's really important during this election season when people are wanting us almost to go to a one-party system. To be very aware of what's out there and to hear an amazing story of God's preservation of his people as he brings them to freedom. So thank you, Eugene, for joining us. We're going to be right back on SWAT Radio after the news. Stay tuned. Give me your love for humanity. Give me your- 
you're honest with the broken hearted The ones that are far beyond my reach Give me your heart for the ones forgotten Give me your eyes so I can see Yeah 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 Busy street, see a girl in our eyes meet. Does her best to smile at me, to hide what's underneath. There's a man just to right, black suit and a bright red tie. To a shame. Hey, this is Doug McCary. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth, and I have my brother Eugene from uh, the Ukraine. Actually, he's from the former Soviet Union is where he was born. And we were talking during the break just about our country. We're talking about things. You know, Eugene brings a very unique perspective to life here in America, as so do most of my friends who've come from other places that were oppressive. Uh, They come in, and the reason you came here was for freedom. Your parents came here for freedom. And we were just talking back, and you said it was in the 30s that they began gun confiscation over there, right? And that's what allowed them to do whatever they wanted. There was no way for people to defend and actually prevent things from happening, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Um, I mean, after after the Soviet after the Soviets finally gained control, because um, I mean they did, they didn't just seize power. Easily, there was a there was a long and bloody civil war between the pretty much forces that were still loyal to the Russian king, yeah, um, and um, and the the Soviets that kind of took over the government. So they after the civil war was over, they confiscated guns. Um, I mean, n- no one. I mean, uh, I, I guess you could maybe have some sort of hunting rifle, but no one could get one, <laughs> even if you wanted one. Um, ammunition sales didn't exist, um, and. Uh, once they took the guns away from the people, I mean, they could essentially do whatever they wanted. Um, my um, my uh, dad's side of the family, my uh, sorry, my my dad's uh, mother, my grandmother, um, and my mom's side of the family, they're all from Ukraine. And if you know a little bit about history in Holodomor, which is um, uh, was a really devastating famine um, from I think it was 1931 to 1932 in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Um, historians estimate anywhere from three to 12 million people died of starvation, uh, where the government, um, essentially took grain and took food from people. Um, you know, agriculture was one well, of because the- in essence, wasn't it genocide back then? Absolutely. It was yeah. basically genocide where they withheld and didn't allow them to yeah. do stuff. Correct. Yeah. And when, uh, this is back in 1930s, early 1930s. 1930s, yeah. And, you know, the European Union, you know, just like we have trade embargoes now and sanctions, they had, you know, they had sanctions on, on the Soviet Union as well. One of the only things they would buy from them is, is agricultural goods. Um, and Ukraine, I mean, it, it still is kind of the breadbasket of, of Europe. It has some of the most fertile soil. And once the Soviets took over, they, they were, you know, stealing from people and selling it to Europe, essentially. Yeah, well, you know, back, I don't know, 10 years ago, maybe, um, there was a bad cyclone over in the, that hit Myanmar, uh, formerly known as Burma, and uh, we were trying to get aid to them. And the government, the communist government, 
would not allow aid to come in. And literally a thousand people were dying every day. They had no food. They were dying just like the people in the Ukraine. And he's, uh, you, you, you can research that a little more. It's called Holdemor, right? Holdemor, yeah. H O L O D O M O R. They think that somewhere between uh, 5 to 12 million people died yeah. because of this genocide. And it was government orchestrated. Again, this is why it's important to have checks and balances. Our founding fathers knew when they put together the Constitution that that the things they put in there, the amendments that they added and the system that they set in place was a way to protect. And boy, for 200 plus years, it's done a beautiful job. And now we're trying to rewrite it. We're trying to disregard it. And we're, and it's scary to me to listen to some of the rhetoric and wanting to go to a one party system because I've made 50 plus trips to Russia I've seen, the. De- in fact, I was telling you, when I first went over there in the mid-90s, I, I ran into several villages, uh, Eugene, people had not eaten meat in a year. It had been a year, they hadn't. They just didn't have any food. And this is in the 90s, this is not back 50, 70 years ago, although in the 90s now is what, it's almost 30 years ago, right? But, but this was... This was going on when there was plenty of food in the world, but the government wasn't allowing them to get it. It was a government thing, even though um, it was not, it was still communist led. It just wasn't as bad as it was, but they were still the people who were the elite were the ones that making all the decisions and they did not care about your everyday people. And that's why when I see stuff going on in our politics, I get very passionate uh, as a believer to say, one, we should pray for our leaders, pray for, you know, godly men and women to rise up. Listen, everybody is not going to be a Sunday school teacher. And that's what Dr. Grudem said. We've got to pray um, that the believers will exercise influence and par- vote party platforms because those platforms are really important. And there were some things that were said even last night in the debate that were very troublesome to me as you think about them, because one of the phrases that was used was uh, the, the, you know, the public option and health care. Well, what a lot of people don't know is you're not going to it's going to be socialized medicine. There's no way to get around it. it they can say it, it's socialized medicine. And I've got friends up in Canada who come down to America to have medical things done because it's so bad there. And I don't know what it was like for your parents. Do they ever talk about the health care here versus what it was like over there? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, I can't remember the exact – there's there's a little saying. Everything's free, but nothing's good. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, healthcare, the health care system, I mean, you know, the, the term breadline, obviously, it comes from the Soviet Union, actually. Yeah, they used to wait for days, right? Yeah. People couldn't get food. Yeah, my, I, my dad, my dad, you know, tells me stories when he was a child. I think it was early 60s when it was really bad. I think he was like five years old. His parents would send him over because they, they had to go to work, and they would send him over to wait in the breadline. And sometimes you'd wait there and get to the front of the line, and there was nothing there. Mm. Um but uh, yeah, I mean the same thing with healthcare. I mean there there was no choice. Um, it, it it was free, but it was it was extremely substandard. Um, my uh, my gra- uh, my aunt who still lives in Ukraine, she actually 
I uh, used to work in one of those clinics, and um, you know, everyone if if there's if there's a private clinic option available, everyone would rather pay more money than even try to go into the, those uh, government-owned clinics. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you and I were talking earlier in the week um, when we we I, I met with you about people your age. You're in your mid thirties, right? Yeah, yeah. And most of the people that grew up here in their mid thirties have a very different perspective than you about life here. Uh, can can you speak to that a little bit? I mean. What do you, I mean, cause you've got these stories from your grandparents. You tend to, when I was talking to you, one of the reasons I wanted, you tended to be a little more appreciative of what you have here and realizing that it's, it can be taken away. And I think that's because of the history that you've learned from your parents. Uh, how does that make you feel as you interact with them? I mean, what goes through your mind? Does it frustrate you? I mean, I mean, I know you're a believer too, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and you, you love the Lord, but still, does it frustrate you that that people aren't appreciative of the freedoms we have? Uh, it definitely frustrates me. Um, you know, I I graduated from college in two thousand nine, and and uh, you know, I I see what's going on in colleges now and the indoctrination to this Marxist communist um, education. Uh, it's really scary, and it's it's you know it's it's a little it's a little disheartening, um, but. You know, at the end of the day, it, it does give you relief to know that at the end of the day, you know, God's in control of our of this life and and all of our lives. Um, but yeah, interacting with with people my age is you know is sometimes very difficult. I mean, I, I'm the type of person if if we're like minded, I'll I'll kind of open up a little bit and and um, you know I'll maybe guide the person in in the in the direction that I feel is right. Um, but unfortunately, you know, these days uh, the, people are at such polar opposites. And the especially politically, that is just not worth talking to them sometimes, um, especially if they're not believers. It's just you know, I, I guess for me, I can expect something from believers, but people that aren't believers, it's it's just very hard for me to. It's kind of like apples and oranges, and yeah. you're just trying to. It, it, but you know, one of the things that's sad to me is we should be able to have conversations. I mean, one of the reasons you came to this country, or at least your parents did when they brought you, is to have a freedom to be able to express your beliefs without fear of having to go to prison. Yeah. And you know, I I don't know if you saw not too long ago, there was a guy, I think he was in Idaho who was singing in a church parking lot, but because he wasn't wearing a mask, he was taken to prison or jail. I did see that. You know, I, I mean, I don't, I can't imagine your parents coming from, a place where they left to get away from that, to seeing that and wondering what's going on. I mean, this is, it, it is a, I think a massive overreach to see some of the things that are taking place in our country in the name of health care. There was a guy who about a year ago uh, gave a speech and he talked about how he thought the government was going to be able to go to a more fascist, uh, regime type mentality of controlling people. And he said they were going to use the healthcare system because really that's the only way in our country. I think somebody could get away with it. And now if you don't wear a mask places, people look at you like you're the enemy it, because you choose not to wear a mask. 
Uh, when we come back, we're going to have our last segment, and I just want to have some final closing thoughts with you um, about, as a believer, uh, that you know, you and your family, how you guys are finding worship here and just church here. And so we're going to be right back with Eugene on SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong. At the end of the line, with all the other not quite, with all the never get it right. But it turns out they're the ones you were looking for all this time. Cause I'm just a nobody. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. It's Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. And I'm so glad you joined us today, this Friday, October 23rd. If you did not get a chance to hear Dr. Al Moeller yesterday, I encourage you to go to the SWATradio.com. That's SWATradio.com. Go back and listen to that. Just you go to the past program and it's up there. And because apparently uh, Facebook and Twitter doesn't like me boosting those things out because they have either keywords about the election or whatever, but you can go there and look at past programs. So share that with your friends. Uh, Dr. Grudem, I'm going to replay them again next week, next Thursday, Friday, and then the following Monday, because I think they're so impactful. And 
I just want to encourage you, as I've been sitting here talking with Eugene uh, Putinsev. Did yeah. I say it right? That's good, yeah. All right. So, how'd I show? <laughs> uh, as, as I've been talking to my brother here, um, I, I just want to encourage you as a believer, because most people, I would assume, that are listening to this program are believers, unless you, unless you just happen to be scrolling through the dial and listen to it. But if you're a believer, I, I want to encourage you, whether you are on the right side of the aisle, Democrat, or on the or I'm sorry, the left side of the aisle, Democrat, or the right side of the aisle, uh, Republican, that let's express love to one another and say that, you know what, if we have a difference of opinion, we can still love each other. Um, you know, you see it the way you want to see it, and I'll see it the way I see it, and we'll do what we think is right. And as we go to uh, vote in a couple of weeks, or maybe you've already, um, you know, we just may see things differently. Uh, my wife and I have been kind of thinking about this a lot in relationship to each other. And I had a friend post something the other night on social media I thought that was interesting. She said, you know, uh, people on the Democratic side of the aisle may see Trump as arrogant, but people on the right see it as confidence. Same same thing they see, but people want confidence and some people see it as arrogance for whatever reason. But a lot of what we see is based on our experience. And like I was thinking about you, Eugene, you come over here from a perspective of somebody whose parents and grandparents did not have freedom. They had it taken away from them. But I think about people who've grown up here and all they've known is the freedoms we take for granted. It's like living in Florida. You live at Florida. You see the sun a lot. You go to Seattle, you don't see the sun that much. Probably that's why they're so angry out there. No, I'm just joking. Uh, but, you know, the thing is, uh, she said, also, you see Trump's nationalism. I see it as patriotism. Um, somebody else may see President Trump's unsophisticated words. Other people may see it as honesty. So we may just have differing perspectives, but we shouldn't hate each other. We're going to have to come together Um I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. You didn't have that opportunity. You were too young, but even your parents. Over in Russia, there was no opportunity even to disagree, was there, over in the former Soviet Union? Yeah, I mean, there wasn't. Um, you know, obviously, one of the things we take over granted is our ability to to worship Jesus or, or really worship anything. Um, you know, I think we take that for granted. I think, you know, a lot of I think a lot of Christians are going to be in for a rude awakening. I hate to say that. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think there's going to be, you know, I think there's going to be some tough times ahead. And, you know, I think now more than ever and in the future more than ever, uh, we're going to really have to put um, our faith in God. Yeah. I have had more friends who have gone to Facebook jail or Twitter jail because they talk about COVID, maybe not wearing masks. Yep. Uh-huh. There's something wrong that we can't express that. I mean, we're not, I mean, how, what's wrong with people having legitimate conversations about disagreement over the validity of masks? Even medical authorities are disagreeing. So for us not to be able to have these conversations is very reminiscent to me of what the former Soviet Union might have been like, what I read about it. And what people have told me, you know, one time, Eugene, I was talking to a um, 
I was talking to a pastor who grew up over in the former Soviet Union in, in the Moscow area. And he was put, I think I told you this, he was put in a box full of nails and had to stand for hours on end. And they were sharp nails all in the box. And if he got tired, he would lean over into the nails and it was pricked skin and he would bleed. And he was in a gulag. And you know what his crime was? It was preaching God's word when he was told not to. And I just don't think people here really appreciate the fact, one, they have churches everywhere. Um, They have an ability to gather, uh, whether they choose to gather or not, that's on them. But but we have the freedom to do it. Can you imagine if your freedom was taken away? And let's say tomorrow somebody showed up at your house and said, you know what? Eugene, we just figured out that uh, your paperwork was messed up and you got to go back over to the former Soviet Union. What would go through your mind? It would be devastating. Um, <laughs> I guess I guess it depends on when that happens, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, Maybe in 20 years that won't be such a bad thing. Well, but right now there's, not still, there's still a lot of problems Absolutely. over there because uh, Putin – uh, still is what I would call a hardline Soviet. Yeah, he would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean he's you know he was an ex KGB uh, director and and um, agent. Um, I mean they're really just the Communist Party, just you know with a different name. Yeah, I, I, one of the my friends who lived in that part of the world told me stories that were absolutely horrendous about some of the not not the believers over there but the other people the people who grew up in an atheistic brainwashed system like they tried to do with your grandfather uh much like our universities are doing a lot today in this country to take god out of the equation and when you have a godless society people do horrendous things cuz they don't value life and i remember one lady's house i went into over there and this lady, we knocked on her door. We used to go door to door over in Moscow and other parts of the country. And we knocked on her door, and she was happy to receive us. She made us some jam, put on some bread, gave us some tea. And we were we started talking. She said, why are you here? I mean, that, that struck me, first of all, that this lady would invite us in so friendly. And she just wanted to know, why are you here? And we told her about Jesus. And we told her about forgiveness. And I'll never forget, we told her that she could be forgiven. And she wept. She began to weep and weep and weep. And we were like, what's going on? And she asked us to pray for her. And we we prayed for her. And we said, what's wrong? And she said, I didn't think that God would forgive me. And we're like, why? What have you done? She said, the government made her have 29 abortions. Mm-hmm. She didn't want to do that, but apparently wherever she was, somebody convinced her she had to do that. And she wanted forgiveness so bad, and she didn't think she could have it. And one of the things that is missing when you have a corrupt government that is brainwashing people about God is forgiveness and hope. I, I dare say that your grandfather, without Christ, had no hope, right? 
Yeah, absolutely not. Um, you know, I, I think you brought up a really interesting point with with a lack of religion um, in the Soviet Union, and you kind of see that happening now in the United States. Uh, something fills the vacuum, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of times, like you, you mentioned, I think a lot of times, not just healthcare, but it's also science that fills that vacuum, and that becomes the kind of the de facto religion for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, w- w- without God, and um, I mean, there there is no hope in this life. And you know, I think a lot of times people are are, are searching for something, and 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 they have a lot of, you know, they they encounter a lot of negative outlets <laughs> to find that. Um, but yeah, and I'm just I'm just really thankful and blessed that you know my life turned out the way it did, and you know, and even with the the issues that were that are you know, going on in this country, I'm still, you know, obviously very blessed and happy that I'm here. Well, I'm happy you're here. You know, one of the things that um, I, I've been thinking about, you remember when the, the the COVID thing first happened, they said, we just got to flatten the curve and it was six weeks to, to two months. And and it's like, where does it end? Where It, it, it is a government control thing. I, I was telling my wife, I'm not so sure I'm going to take a vaccine. I, I, because God has given our bodies an ability to fight it. And I trust, I'm not going to go subject myself. I'm not going to stand in front of a Mack truck, but you know, it took 25 years for the chicken pox vaccine to, to come out 25 years. Now I know technology's advanced, but I'm, I, I'm just, I'm seeing control mechanisms that are really scary. Any last words before we go? We got about 30 seconds. Not really. Just appreciate you having me, Doug. And um, yeah, I'm hope, hopefully some, you know, people learned about a different perspective um, from a, you know, kind of, I guess a country and a, and a, and a group of people that is, is more commonly referred as used as a boogeyman in, in our society. Well, I'm glad Eugene. Putinsev. Putinsev. Yeah, thank you for joining us today. Hey, listen, if you enjoyed this and want to share it or go back and listen to any past program, go to SWATradio.com. That's S-W-A-T radio.com. And uh, you can, uh, I think you can still listen or go to SWAT Radio Talk on Facebook and Twitter if they haven't shut us down. Hopefully they won't. We'll keep going. We're going to be back on Monday next week. Keep praying for our leaders, praying for our country, pray for believers, and I hope you have a great weekend. Eugene, have a great weekend. Thank you, Doug. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening